Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Recorded live. Study the Bible chronologically. We as a King James Version Bible, we ask the Father for the wisdom, the knowledge, and understanding as we go through the Bible chronologically. And, of course, we're looking first at Jesus and his appearance on earth as a baby, his arrival. And we're learning about what went on and what was said in our chronological study of the Bible, because you do know that the Bible is not in chronological order, meaning as the events occurred, it's all jumbled up. And it's all jumbled up, different things happening at different times, not the same way, so that we will not get lazy. (laughs) God didn't hand it to us on a silver platter. He wants you to work. For it, So once you start working for it and wanting to know the truth about things, then he'll provide that for you. And we're going to learn a little bit about that today. As we've been going chronologically, we're up to Jesus was born, Jesus was um, brought to the temple um, and to be circumcised and to make an offering. And as, you know, the law told them to do when he was eight days old, and we learned and heard from Simeon last time, and he told us about, um, you know, who Jesus was and, and what he was going to do. And as we're picking it up in Luke chapter 2, Verse 36. And so these things are going on. Simeon's talking to them. He's telling them about um, their new son. And they're wondering about, you know, what he's talking about. 36. And there was one Anna, a prophetess, the daughter of Phaniel of the tribe of Asher. She was of great age and had lived with a husband seven years from her virginity. And she was a widow of about fourscore and four years, which departed not from the temple, but served God with fasting and prayers night and day. And she, coming in that instant, gave thanks likewise unto the Lord and spake of him to all them that looked for redemption in Jerusalem. So you see, Simeon's still there, 
and Joseph and Mary are, you know, thinking about what Simeon said. And so we see that as we go through these verses at the end, we'll see that, um, you know, she came in at that point. But just so you know, that's what happened. And Luke wanted us to know about Anna before he told you what she did and what happened. So first of all, let's take a look at Anna. And there was one Anna, a prophetess. So first of all, okay, Anna was a prophetess. Okay, so yes, God still had people that he prophesied through. We saw that in Simeon. We saw that in um, Zacharias. We saw that in Elizabeth. We even saw it in Mary. So you understand that, yes, there was still prophets and prophetesses in the time of Jesus coming on the earth. So Israel still had them. So did that mean that the nation was doing what God wanted them to do as a whole? No. But God had individuals in the nation or connected to the children of Israel that were doing what he wanted them to do. And so the same thing applies today in the body of believers. As a whole, the body of believers don't do what Jesus told us to do. If you take the majority of believers and see what they believe, you're going to, um, you know, you're going to see that it's way off from what we were shown to do according to the Bible. But that doesn't mean that God doesn't have individuals and small groups of people who are actually really connected and following the leading of the Holy Spirit within the body of Christ. So, understand that. Now, this uh, name Anna, in uh, Hebrew, it actually is Hannah. I don't know, that might sound familiar to you, but her name, Anna, is a Hebrew name, Hannah. And Hannah, from the Old Testament, was Prophet Samuel's mother. So if you don't know the story of Samuel... He was the prophet of God, very close to God, and God spoke through him to the kings, King David um, for one, and King Saul. Um, And uh, Hannah, his mother, didn't have any children, and she... um, prayed to God to have a child and said, if you give me a child, I will give the child to you and the child will grow up with the priest. And that's exactly what happened. Anna had a child. She named him Samuel. And Samuel, she dropped off when he was weaned and left him with Eli, the priest, at the temple in Israel or Jerusalem 
And that's where he stayed and grew up. So it's interesting that, um, and we know that Samuel um, replaced the priesthood, which was actually doing what God didn't want them to do. And Eli, their father, was allowing it to happen. So God wiped them all out, the sons and all of that, and Eli, and they were um, replaced by Samuel. So God was speaking to Samuel. See, if you know the story, they weren't doing what the law was telling, had said to do. They were doing their own thing. So God was not talking to them, you see. So God, if you're not doing what it is that God wants you to do, he won't talk to you. And that's what was happening. God hadn't talked to them because they're not doing what he wanted. And then God called Samuel, called him out in the middle of the night as a young boy. And so Samuel was different. And then so God started talking again. And so that's the way that works. So you see, Samuel became the prophet of God. I just think it's interesting that um, that uh, Anna, in connected to you know Jesus' time, had the same name as um, the mother of the great prophet Samuel. And if you continue here in Luke, it says, so she was a prophetess, and she was the daughter of Phanuel. Now that's another name that, you know, may be familiar to you, but Phanuel means the face of God. Anna means favored. And they were of the tribe of Asher which is one of the 12 tribes, one of the 12 sons of Jacob. And Asher means happy. So you you get a a theme here. (laughs) Favored, face of God, happy. And then it goes on and it says that Anna, she was of great age, continuing in verse 36, and had lived with an husband seven years from her virginity. So you understand that now we have another um, part of the puzzle, the number seven. Seven is spiritual completeness. And she had lived with her husband all her life. And 37... And she was a widow of about four score and four years. Here we go again. Four score and four years. Now she's a widow. You understand um, that Israel had turned its back on God in reality and not doing what God had instructed them to do. They're not really keeping the law the way that God, as a nation, as a whole, they're not keeping the law. They know what the law is, but they're not keeping it. And so you understand that 
84 is, again, spiritual numeric, numerics tells us that 8 is new beginnings and 4 is the earth. So, it means new beginning for the earth. It's just amazing, isn't it? This whole thing. It's a message from God to let us know about this Anna, this special one to God. And she was favored by God, you see. So what was Anna's thing? What did she do? And it tells us. And it continues here in verse 37. So she was uh, fourscore and four years, which departed not from the temple, but served God with fasting and prayers night and day. So you understand that after she became a widow, after her husband died, she came to live in the temple. You see, in those days, you could do that. You could, if you wanted to stay at the temple all day long and all night long, you could do it. And so what she did was she lived in the temple and she fasted and prayed and served God. You understand? So she was very close to God. And being in the temple and um, with God and fasting in prayer, she was removed from the world meaning that the world couldn't corrupt her. She wasn't going house to house gossiping and having coffee like, um, you know, like a lot of women do and um, doing things that women do out in the world when they're not taking care of their families. And so, guess what? She stayed in the temple fasted and prayed and was connected to God and away from the world. An amazing thing. That's why she was a prophetess. That's why she was special in God's eyes because she didn't connect with the world or what it did. 38, and she coming in that instant gave thanks Likewise unto the Lord, and spake of him to all them that looked for redemption in Jerusalem. So, she came in, like we said before. She came in while Mary and Joseph were listening to Simeon, and, and they were contemplating on what he was prophesying and what he was saying, and she came in at that same instant and and said that this is the redemption in Jerusalem. And thanked God, meaning in heaven, not the little baby, thanked God for the redemption that was going to come. That's what the 84 is about, new beginnings for the earth. There was something new happening. Jesus was come come to earth, and he was going to be the Lamb of God, the sacrifice for the sin 
of the world. You understand? Now, the fasting and prayer, now that's an interesting thing, and I want you to understand about that. Nowadays, this is not um, what Jesus wants us to do. He didn't show us that. It isn't what Paul or the apostles told us to do. I mean, it's fine to fast and pray, you know, if you want to take a day or, or whatever, a week or whatever you want to do about that. But to only do that, you'd be no good for the kingdom of heaven. But, you see, in those days, she wanted to stay connected to God. And the way she did that was to stay in God's house and fast and pray and stay connected to God that way. There was no Jesus, okay? And so if she was fasting and praying, then what wasn't she doing? Sinning, okay? She was connected to God, and she wasn't sinning. And so she and God had a special relationship. But remember the fasting and prayer or prayer and fasting, um, where did we hear that from Jesus? Jesus told us about prayer and fasting. He sure did. And we're going to find that in Matthew. We'll go to Matthew 17. So, Go to Matthew 17, and I want us to start reading, because you understand something here. This is what we learned about her. Let's go to verse 14. And when they were come to the multitudes, there came to him, Jesus, a certain man kneeling down to him and saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is lunatic. That means possessed with a major demon, by the way. And sore vexed, for oftentimes he falleth into the fire and oft into the water. So, You understand, this demon isn't one that plays around like some demons do, which, you know, sometimes they just make a person sick or or, um, make them do crazy things as far as, you know, hurting other people or scaring them or, you know, uh, different things. But in this case, this particular demonic possession is of truly evil um, spirits that are trying to harm the host body that they have taken possession of. So they throw this boy into the fire. And I brought him to thy disciples, and they could not cure him. Now understand, they had the power before, but guess what? He brought them to the disciples, and the disciples couldn't heal this boy. Then Jesus answered and said, O faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? 
bring him hither to me. So Jesus wasn't all lovey-dovey, okay? So don't think he was. He was yelling at them, meaning he was correcting them. He was putting them down. He was telling them they had a problem. Talking to his disciples now, not lovey-dovey. And Jesus rebuked the devil, and he departed, and the child was cured from that very hour. So you see, Jesus didn't have any problems with getting rid of the demon because Jesus stayed connected to God, like Anna was connected to God. Then came the disciples to Jesus apart and said, why couldn't we, why could not we cast him out? So they wanted to know why they couldn't cast him out. And Jesus said unto them, because of your unbelief, well, he had said that to them, faithless, unbelief. So how did, you know, they believed in Jesus, they followed Jesus, they were connected to Jesus, but he was saying that their belief had wavered, had changed somehow. So because their faith had wavered or changed or been uh, depleted, that was the reason. For verily I say unto you, so here's the solution. If ye have faith as a grain of mustard seed, ye shall say unto this mountain, Remove hence to yonder place, and it shall remove. And nothing shall be impossible unto you. So faith of a mustard seed, which Jesus used the smallest seed <laughs> that there is. <laughs> and what Jesus was saying was, you don't have any faith. You lost your faith. So now, for those who think you can't lose your faith or diminish it, Jesus is going to tell us how to keep your faith. And if you don't do this, then your faith gets diminished. How be it, verse 21, this kind goeth not out by prayer, not out, but by prayer and fasting. Jesus was saying this is a very strong demonic presence and you need faith. So they didn't have even the mustard seed size of faith. That means they lost their faith. And how? Because they were in the world. They were doing the works of the kingdom and then as they were doing the works of the kingdom, the people were like amazed. Wow, you have this power. You can heal people and you, wow, wow. And then so they were getting prideful. You understand? They were getting prideful and they were thought they were something big. Wow, we can cast out demons. Wow, we can heal people. You understand? So Jesus wasn't with them. He had gone off someplace else. And so they were off on their own. He, they were ready. And guess what? Being a part of the world, the world brought them back into it. And guess what happened? Their faith disappeared. Because if they had even a little faith, they could have cured this 
one. You understand? So Jesus tells us how do we get rid of the world from our thoughts and our presence? Prayer and fasting. And that's the only way that they could handle this demon because without the prayer, which means communication, constant communication with God, and fasting meaning you're staying away from worldly things, which means that the world is out of your mind and you're connected to God. Just like this lady, Anna. Amazing, isn't it? So, let's go back to uh, Luke chapter 2. And so, she came in, she told them, we now know that this favored one, whose father had the face of God, was happy, there was spiritual completeness in her life, and now there was a new beginning for the earth, that she prayed and fasted and lived in the temple. So she was away from the world. Amazing, isn't it? You don't hear too much about this woman um, and what she uh, did. I don't hear too many sermons on her about pastors talking about her. But today, no, that's not what we're to do. Jesus did say pray and fast for what reason? So that we could do works. So you're not going to stay in a temple 24 hours a day and pray and fast like some monks do or, you know, they separate themselves from the world completely. Well, you're no good to Jesus if you do that. Continuing in verse... um, No, we're going to leave it there. We're going to pick it up next time. should be interesting. And that completes this part of study the Bible chronologically. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs> 